Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is Archery Unfiltered, where I, Wendell Souza, cover California archery events and what it takes to make you a better archer. Ayo. <laughs> Ayo, fuckos. How is everybody? I've missed you all. Um, man, I've got so much stuff to talk about. It's like, um, I've been wanting to do more and more podcasts now. But uh, finding the time to do it is tough. So, you know, I might have to, I might have to carve out a, a practice day to uh, to bring you guys an archer and filtered, which is against protocol. But you guys know, I know you guys want to hear something, <laughs> so I'll do something. Um, yeah, uh, I've been getting a little practice in. Uh, have you guys, have you guys been hitting the, hitting the bales? Um, and if so, what, what are you guys practicing for right now? Cause it's a weird in between time in the archery season, you know, at, at, you know, depending on who you follow archery wise, there will be a mix of some people shooting indoor and some people still shooting field and some people still shooting safari. Um, I, I, and you know, not to exclude them 3d guys. I'm sure there's, there's guys still shooting 3d also, but I think it's, it's a little more rare. Um, out here for California, we just had our state 900 and, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, the 900 is, you know, um, you got to shoot, I think, what was it, 90 arrows? Is it 90 arrows? Yeah, 30 arrows at 60, 30 arrows at 50, and 30 arrows at 40. Um, it's a really fun event. You know, it's it's not anything that's impossible to clean, but the challenges are all there. You know what I mean? Like... It it sounds easy on paper, and then you get behind the bow, and then, you know, maybe you do something crazy, like you clean 60, and then it gets in your head, and then, you know, you're like, oh, shit, I can't miss anything, and then something happens at 50. Who knows? You know, it's it's a cool format, is what I'll say. Uh, I do believe it's similar to what they do at the first Dakota Classic, so it's not anything that, you know, you shouldn't practice for if you're, you know, an active competitor, or maybe you're going to do you know, nationals one way or another. Um, but I just want to go over the results. I called some scores last week, uh, trying to make some predictions and, uh, pretty cool stuff happened. Um, we'll start with the, uh, I guess the men's youth freestyle. 
uh, a new record was set by Caleb Cuiocho. And if you guys have listened to this show long enough, Caleb Cuiocho, I inter- I interviewed at um, the US- USA Archery Indoor Nationals event. Um, Caleb is an amazing shooter. He's, you know, he's a, he's a youth. Um, he's, I've always kind of joked about him being like our version of Bodie. And, uh, he set a state record shooting in 896. That's four down. Um, I believe the youths shoot from different distances, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Um, regardless, the bar that is so high, you know, to set a state record, um, you know, the difficulty is insane to set a state record in any, you know, even if you guys aren't from California, maybe you don't shoot the 900, just look up the records in whatever form of archery that you enjoy. And you'll see the bar is high in every class. You know what I mean? It's generally not set low enough to get broken. I mean, here, I think this, what is it? The pro class. California has a pretty weak pro archery scene. So, you know, I, I I don't mean to disparage the pros. I just mean that the the bar is set low as far as records go. We have some of the coolest pros here, but you know, I would imagine that the pro like field state record gets broken next, like you know, next time it's shot. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm like beelining way off here, but Caleb Quiocho shot it, uh, set a new state record, and he is your champion for the men's youth freestyle class um so congratulations uh caleb you know you, you, we're all proud of you everyone in, that knows you <laughs> is super proud of you i'm sure all the wilderness guys are are you know doing their old man uh jig you know dances right now because they have another champion on the team so that's pretty cool um Another state record in California was set. Young adult uh, men's freestyle uh, score is an 886 set by Caden Jones. Um, Caden Jones is like a really, you know, up and coming, like a good promising shooter. Um, here in California, he's a, he's a cool young guy. I think he's one of the, I think he's done like, you know, the archery learning thing with uh, George Rouse. I don't want to you know, make false assumptions here, but I think he's one of the, you know, the George Riles kids from, but he's, you know, here in California. So he's our version of one of those, (laughs) but yeah, he's a great kid. And, um, I know he's going to be shooting the bug shoot this weekend. The bug shoot for everyone that is wondering is another safari event. So that's kind of cool. It's going to, I would imagine it's going to be the last safari event of the, of the year. And then everyone's going to be kind of making their move into indoor. So, yeah. Uh, congratulations, Caden. Uh, nice shooting. Congratulations on the new state record. Um, to uh, You know, Caden and Caleb, I hope you guys' re- records stand a long time. And I hope, um, you know, hopefully Blake Jerome doesn't decide to identify as uh, a youth or a young adult. All right. Uh, moving on. Uh Austin Watts won the pro class, okay? Pro adult. Um, my buddy Austin Watts shooting at 
93. That's seven down. That's very respectable. Um, I don't want to say I called it, but I kind of called it. Austin's a beast. I knew, I knew he was going to do some beast-like stuff here. Um, second place went to my friend Rudy Sandoval, uh, trailing behind by just three points. Um, Peter Salmon got third place. I think I've talked to Peter before. He's a very nice guy. And uh, that's the podium for the pro class in the men's adult freestyle. Now, this is where I got it wrong because I called Elliot Lee taking it. A man by the name of Tanner Johnson took first place, shooting a stellar 896. That's four down. Um, uh, Tanner Johnson, if you're out there, if you listen to this show, uh, you're a savage. You're an absolute beast. Um, that's a killer score. And uh, to come out of left field, I mean, I'm sure the guys that shoot with Tanner are like, oh, y'all don't know Tanner? Tanner's a beast. But, you know, California is a big state, so uh, I, I did not know that was going to go down like that. Uh, my man Elliot Lee came in second, 892. And then a very awesome third place finish by my friend Alejandro. Um, Alejandro's last name, Benuelos. I hope I didn't butcher that, Alejandro. Um, I've shot with Alejandro for indoor. Uh, you know, it, you know, we shot against each other at indoor. He's super cool dude out of um, Turner. I think he shoots for Turner Outdoors or Turner Outdoors or Turner Outdoorsman. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I don't know exactly the name, but he shoots for Turners, and uh, he's a badass dude. He's like a, it's like a CrossFit. Oh, I hope I, don't, <laughs> I hope it's not insulting amongst like muscular people, but he's like some kind of CrossFit dude or like a a fitness guy. He's like the only archery guy that has abs, you know, and he was able to come in third place most of the time archery guys that have abs you know they're kind of they kind of struggle behind the bow <laughs> guys spend too much time working out but alejandro uh up and did it uh placing third place there with an 889 so watch out alejandro can shoot uh you know right behind him my buddy alex mueller you guys know alex i've interviewed him on this show super nice guy um so yeah yeah, that's that's the 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 men's scores. Uh, our friend Heather Gore won the uh, pro adult female freestyle class. Clarissa Bond won female adult freestyle, the eight fifty five. Um, man, eight fifty five. The the women's scores are in in the female adult freestyle class. The women's scores are way down there. Come on, ladies. Come on, get it together. I don't want to be sexist, but you want equal pay, you got to shoot the same scores. All right. Start start belting out some 896s. <laughs> Watch me. Put me behind the bow. I'll be shooting at 854 probably. <laughs> oh, man. Brutal. Brutal, Wendell. So, yeah, 
that was uh, the state 900 in a nutshell. Uh, if I didn't cover your class, I'm sorry. You know, there's just certain classes. The only class I really care about is the men's adult freestyle and men's adult freestyle pro, mainly because a large percentage of the listeners on this show are one of the two. Uh, you know, I know a small percentage of women listen, and to those that tolerate this nonsense, you are saints. <laughs> so I will cover the women's class. Just know. There's hurdles to get it. Even though I just joked about the women's scores being lower, it is not a cakewalk. <laughs> There's a lot of monsters in the women's, the women's, uh, com- you know, competitive class. All right, so let's talk about some shit. That was the state 900. Uh, let's see. Coming up, Coyote 600. Is a, a kind of like an indoor format, but it's shot outdoors just for space reasons. It is a really fun local event. So I kind of consider the coyote shoot like the, well, you know, when they say like the, le- the leaves turn brown on the trees, you know, it's like autumn or something like that, right? When the coyote 600 comes around, it's officially indoor season. <laughs> You know, it's time to time to stash all your skinny arrows, and get the fatties out, and start getting your shit together. Um, and uh, so the Coyote Six Hundred is this month. It's on the 29th. I believe that is a Saturday, and it is going to be my first indoor event. It's going to be the litmus test. If I can do good at this event, and what does good mean? We'll see. I'm not going to set like unreasonable bars. I'm not going to say, uh, I got to go out there and win it because I don't even know if I'm capable. But I just want to do good. And that means, you know, meet my own expectations. Maybe don't don't let pressure get to me. Possibly shoot a 300 if I can. Um, bunch of things. Bunch of things. I don't have to win it, you know, but I just want to perform good and be proud of the performance I can put down. If I can do that, then it will green light me to the next event, which will be an invitational. There's indoor invitational that I've already been invited to. Um, but that is, the level of competition at the invitational is going to be a little more. And so it's going to be like a, a step up. You know what I mean? Every If I keep hitting these green lights, I'll just keep moving up. So I'm practicing right now. All right. Uh, I have the new Hoyt Stratos. And it is a bow. It is an awesome bow. <clears throat> uh, I plan to get Austin Watts on this show. And we're going to go over, you know, top to bottom what we think about the Hoyt Stratus and, you know, all the cool features about it. I can tell you guys, without exaggerating, it's a really fun bow to shoot. Um, uh, I'll be honest, I didn't think I was going to do anything special for indoor season. I was thinking even possibly of sitting out a handful of them and the Hoyt Stratos is so much fun to shoot that um I'm gonna attempt to go whole hog like that doesn't sound right I'm gonna attempt to go balls deep for indoor season and that means putting in the effort to practice and you know trying to get my mind straight you know listen to Sean Elza and what uh, what he has to say on Blake's show um, and just try to put it all together. And so, 
Uh, let's see, how am I running my Hoyt Stratos? Just the basic. I, I'm running a blade right now. I, I have this idea to run a Hamski uh, drop away and run it cable driven. And I know everyone's like, why the fuck would you do that? Um, my only gripe against blades is if someone, say your friend Rudy comes by, picks up your bow, and then like maybe puts his finger on the arrow and pushes your blade down, like beyond a point that it should be, uh, it will change your vertical point of impact, right? That's <laughs> just a little too much. It's just, it's delicate, you know what I mean? But let's be real. The top shooters right now are all shooting blades, right? A handful of them are also shooting hamskies, but a lot of them are shooting blades. <clears throat> so I have the blade on there because I want to rule out any nonsense. I just want the thing to shoot right now. I would like the uh, hamski on there just because that fiberglass blade that those have, they're like indestructible. And if you can get that bow timed and set up, it's like, you can just leave it forever. It will be indefinite. <laughs> you guys know last year I had my Matthew set up with a hamski with a limb-driven limb cable, and that thing was amazing. Um, I would, you know, there's not. I have nothing against a limb-driven cable. Only I just like the like with the blade. It's super low profile. It's everything is. You know, I don't got to worry about catching the, the cable on anything. It's just everything's right there, self-contained. <coughs> I know a couple people are probably like, well, why don't you just use a <coughs> why don't you just use a composite blade for your uh, for your freak show uh, rest that you got? Um, those composite blades, they wear out in a weird way, you know? It, like it's like they wear the dye wears out of the tip where they're getting friction first, and then the plastic just wears out. They're not like are they fiber? I don't think they're fiberglass. I think they're just epoxy. And I think, I think the Hamski blades, those white ones, the G shocks. I think they're fiberglass, or there's some kind of you know you can there's some kind of composite. There's something in there. So anyway, I like those. I like them. I want to run one. <laughs> That's my plan for indoor. I'm going to try it. If the if cable driven is just shitty, I'll go back to the blade and just keep swapping blades out and try to keep people like Rudy away from my um, my blade, at least during shoots. <clears throat> All right. Um, let's see. Did I cover the bug shoot? It's kind of like a, it's a revival of an old shoot that we've had around here in Central California or Northern California. I'm sorry. Um Wait, it's just a safari event, and the place that it used to be held at a park, like a state park, I think, or a county park or something like that, and the poor members used to have to pay, like the park fee, to go in and work and set up this event. I know eventually it got to them and they had to shut it down. It's been years since we've had that shoot, and I think I've told you guys it's the first, it's the first safari event that I've ever won. So as a as a young buck, you know, still shooting men's adult freestyle because I started archery way late. Um, that's the event that got me hooked in shooting safari events. I was always sad when to you know find out that it, it's you know they had to shut it down. Um, and now Pacifica Archery is uh, oh, I'm sorry, San Francisco Archers, San Francisco Archers in Pacifica 
are holding this event again. So how freaking cool is that? Not only do you get the awesome cool bug targets, they're like gigantic bugs. <clears throat> but it gets to be at the San Francisco San Francisco Archery Range in Pacifica. Uh why is that cool? It's a massive range. It is it's kind of like our version of Reading. If you wanted to, you could set up a Reading style course there. And you know, it's just awesome, awesome shots. It, it's a huge course. The the that club holds the one million BC shoot that draws, you know, three to five hundred people a year. It's amazing. So much fun. And now they're hosting the bug shoot. Um, you know, I, I see myself doing this shoot in the future. Maybe if it doesn't conflict with the Coyote, the Coyote 600. Um, let's see other things on my... Okay. You guys may see <coughs> soon that I am running gas bowstrings on my Hoyt Stratos. And a lot of you are going to go, Wendell... Why would you do that? Okay, well, you guys know I love Tom Parkinson's strings. I love Tom Parkinson's. He's he's awesome, dude. Um, I like Austin Kincaid and high voltage bow strings. I love his strings. He does awesome work. Both of those guys build strings that cannot be beat. Okay, but they are one of one builder. Like they build. Solely for the customer. <laughs> and when you shoot for a shop, right, you got to support the shop. You got to care. You got to shoot what the shop carries because you're a walking advertisement for that shop. If they're going to hook you up with stuff, you need to be like, look at the stuff on my bow. You can get off the, you can get at the shop. It's right there on the wall. And so I kind of, you know, because they help me out with the Stratos, uh, they've also they help me out with all the bows. They help me out with everything, you know. Um, I thought I would be a good shop shooter and shoot the strings that they provide, and they they sell ABBs and gas strings, but uh, I opted for gas because of the direction that they twisted. And I know a bunch of people are probably saying, "All right, well, did you get the freak shows? Did you get?" 452 natural uh did you get a wacky string count <laughs> nope i didn't do any of that <clears throat> i got buckskin strings and i just got a standard count it is 452x though all right i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go nuts here um so yeah I, there, it's like a colored string it's it's 452x, so I, I, you know, I'm gonna lean on what I've learned from uh, Tom as far as picking the right material, and uh, I'll be honest, the strings look good. All right, like uh, not to put ABB down, but when I installed ABBs on my Hoy Altus, there's at least four or five broken individual strands on the bottom side of the one of the cables, came out of the package like that. Um, the gas strings are super clean. Uh, there's no, there's no broken strands. Uh, I see I timed it up so far. Peep's sitting good. I'm going to be real. I'm going to be, I'm going to be on it. I'm going to put a lot of fucking arrows through these strings. So as far as the, you know, the, 
wasn't even a battle. The friendly conversation between me and Eric Griggs <coughs> goes, uh, Eric, you bastard, you won. You won. Okay, I got, I, I'm shooting gas bowstrings. Okay. <laughs> so, <coughs> yeah, gotta say, so far they're clean. They're really clean. I like them. And I've shot, you know, easily a few hundred arrows through this already, and they still look like I just put them on. Um, in other news, the PSE Dominator is back on the scene. The Dominator's back, guys. Um, freaking cool. Okay. Now, I know I've said on this show, I don't like it that bow companies, one, lack creativity, two, crank out the same bow with a little tweak, you know? And there's no innovation in these new newer bows. All right, I believe the Hoyt Stratos is a is a new thing. All right, it does not feel like the Invicta at all. Uh, the Invicta actually was not a fan of. Um, let me beeline it here though. Talking about the Hoyt, I try not to take too much content away from my co- my conversation with Austin. That will happen, but the Hoyt Stratos. Is much sim much much more like the Hoyt Podium, and I really really liked the Hoyt Podium. Uh, maybe it's more like the the bow that came after the Podium, the Prevail, you know, as far as like limb geometry and all that all that jazz. But um, it's like their older bows, and I really really those are the bows I fell in love with. Uh, I did fall in love with the spiral cam, and I'll go into more detail as to the new cam and the, the draw cycle and all that when I talk to Austin, um, my boy Austin Watts, because he's a pro at this stuff. Um, but yeah, okay. So I hate it when they just rehash the same shit. Well, PSE rehashed an old bow, and it's fucking cool. Do you guys remember the old Dominator? It was one of my favorite bows when I was first starting out. It's a sick-looking, square, symmetrical, clean lines, shoot-through riser. It's a badass bow. I can't imagine. Like, you guys remember how many tournaments were won with Dominators? It was it was amazing. Um, I know it's going to go two ways. The, some of the newer guys are going to be like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then some of the older guys are going to go, well, actually, it was the PSE moneymaker. was better than that, even, but... I, I am of the era where the Dominator was, you know, that was PSE's king as far as target bows. Uh, the new one does not disappoint. It looks freaking cool. Uh, you know, as with everything that's old and square, they update it to be round and sleek and have a bunch of vents and holes and shit drilled in it. Oh, an odd feature... You know, the so the old the old Dominator, right? It was uh, it was a symmetrical riser, and I think all you had to do was change the cams, and you could have a left hand bow, which is huge. But that's it; you could just change the cams, and then everything that's on the right side could mount on the left side, because there was mounting holes on both sides. The there was even a cable guard, all that good stuff. Well, the new Dominator has what they call a flip chip technology or whatever that is that allows you to, you know, I would imagine just flip the cams over um, or flip the modules. I'm not sure. I I didn't get way into it because I'm just right-handed. I'm never going to be ambidextrous. And if I am, I'm probably going to shoot better on one side and I would 
probably gonna be the side I write with, but um, the bow is an ambidextrous bow if you want it to be, and um, that's good for shops. You know what I mean? You carry one bow. I mean, you right-handed or left-handed? <laughs> You're right-handed too. All right, we'll just leave it how it's set up. <laughs> but uh, I think that's a cool feature. I think, yeah, I think the left-right-handed thing is unnecessary, but it's going to be good for shops regardless. Um, you know, they had a my only gripe, and realistically, like who gives a shit about what my gripes are, but. If you guys look at the the video on it or look at the page that PSD has on their website, they talk about this thing called full draw stability. And they make it look like it's a feature. The full draw stability system. Oh, it looks like, I don't know if they call it the system or what. And there's a little graphic of a dude (coughs) holding a bow and the arrow's kind of bending. And then in front of him is a big red wedge. All right. And then on the, to the right of that, it shows the dominator, and there's a guy holding the bow, the arrow's straight, and there's a green wedge in front of it. I don't know for the life of me what this system or what this feature that they're talking. Are you just saying the bow is more stable? Because if so, that's a pretty that's a pretty cop out feature. You know, if you hand me that bow, if you're shooting it, and you give me five minutes with it, I can make it unstable. So, it's kind of strange because, you know, it's loaded with features. It's got, you know, the, the flex cable guard. It's got the, you know, the uh, all the awesome things that come with PSEs. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. She's oh, yawn on you. It's really early. To do these podcasts now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to make effort to do them more often, but I got to wake up early. Um... Okay, so this is one cool feature about the Dominator. They said we have a solid axle designed so that you cannot over tighten, you know, the the bolts on the side and fuck up your bearings. And then it straight up says like other bow companies, and I was like, oh, oh shit, they're calling out. Oh, you know who that is? You know who that is? You know. Them bow companies that get in the the bearing problems all the time. Damn, PSE. Flinging shit early. Early in the game. You don't even know what Matthew's going to release this year. Anything? Maybe. Maybe. So, I thought that was nuts. PSE kind of, without saying any names, calling someone out. Um, <laughs> Is that still calling someone out? You know? <laughs> Too late. You know who you are. <laughs> um, damn, I was going to try to have a good analogy for that, but I don't. It's just too early. Uh, <laughs> the the Okay, coolest system by far, or the coolest thing on that bow by far is their, their version of the top hat system, right? You put the bow in a press, and these little, they look like wishbones go into where the cams, cam shims are, and then you just bolt it to the cam, right? That's freaking cool. You don't got to take the axle off. You don't got to like lo- shoot an E-clip across the room. You know, you don't have to unbolt anything and, and push it out. Granted, the Matthews top hat system, in my mind, is unbeatable. You know, uh, but this new system with these wishbone spacers looks really cool. It looks really promising, actually. So 
I like that. I'll, I'll, we'll go out on a limb and say that that is some cool shit. Um, so yeah, that's the, you know, that's the dominator. Uh, I don't understand what that stability system is. Maybe someone can clarify it for me, but it just looks like a graphic they put up there to just give everyone the middle finger. It's like, if you, <laughs> it's like, the, bu- the red wedge is just like wait 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 it's like you're going down <laughs> how many people are like that you just draw your bow back and you just see red and you're like oh shit i should have got that dominator um but yeah we'll see any predictions you know uh, from the sounds of it the pro staffers that are shooting it like it but can you really trust a pro staffer that's told to shoot it and what's their what's their main job right sell a bow so i'm gonna wait i mean i'm not gonna get it i have my bow for the next three years but before i start calling it the cat's pajamas um let's wait and see i know um domagoy Budin just shot i think she like the field world championship or whatever um he shot with this new bow and he shot a pretty amazing score with it i know he was disappointed in the outcome because he placed like fifth but he was like in a one arrow shoot off with mike schlosser or some wacky shit like that so you know he did some damage to get to where to that point and i, I think when you're shooting against guys like schlosser and i don't know if hansen's there dave cousins and all them animals you know getting fifth is is a battle so he did good work with it we'll see what happens um yeah any other news uh i know botech's gonna drop a new bow pretty soon uh i think we covered the elite bow practice right now practice protocol if you guys are just easing into indoor all right let's get your bow set up shoot it through paper um if you guys listen to the blake jerome indoor bow setup it's pretty solid. You could run it. You could use that same his pro, his setup protocol for indoor or outdoor. It's not anything crazy. Um, so I, I you know shot my bow through paper, got a a really nice Hoyt left tear. Um, you know, tuned it out the best I could. It's indoor. I can get away with it. And just got to get in the bow, get the bow feeling good, right? I, I did not. I'll tell you guys. Okay, so this out, this is why. I'll tell you guys why I really like the Stratos. Okay, and, and this is without going too far into it because I really want to talk about this bow with Austin. Austin's a Hoyt Hoyt master. Um, but I got this bow. It sat in the box for like all day basically i got it put it in my car drove home and then had a whole day with my daughter playing with my kid um and anyone who has a newborn knows or a toddler knows it's that's an all-day thing she goes to bed at you know i put her to bed at 7 30 she realistically goes to bed at like 9 9 30 but something happened where she woke up like and, and pretty much cried till 10 or 10 30 and then just wanted to play and then right around 11 o'clock i got to go to bed uh or she got to go to bed i got up and set this bow up so i took everything off my altus and just threw it on this bow 
I gave it a quick paper tune, you know, slight left hair. Um, and then I took it out. I did partially the Blake Jerome thing, right? I didn't shoot any bear shafts, which is a big part of his tuning setup. But I put the peep in last. Normally, for me, the peep goes in right after your knock goes in. But what I did was I set the bow up, you know, put the sight on. I knew where the sight was going to be 20 yards for the Altus. So I knew it was going to be similar. And when uh, I had the bow all set up, took it to full draw at 20 yards, and then put my peep in. Put the peep, centered it over 20 Gave it a little tweaks here or there to make it, you know, real comfortable. The bow is just just set up to be comfortable. It's not set up to be, you know, the best holding bow. I have very light weight on my bars right now. The first, you know, I, I sighted in and the first 30 arrows, I shot a 300. So to me, that is some kind of prom. There's some kind of promise behind this bow. Um it's like I said, it's really fun to shoot. Um, of course, if you shoot a 300, you're having fun. So, uh, I'll try to get Austin on. We'll talk a little bit about it. You know, Austin's a much more critical guy, but he's a Hoyt guy. He's, you know, he loves them Hoyts. So, you know, I'll try to challenge him on some stuff. We'll see what he thinks. The, I'll just come right and say the draw cycle for the HPT cam is, is not fun and it's like i'm a spiral cam guy i like spiral cams you know they're very predictable but the hbt cam has like this weird like you you pull and then there you know you can feel like the draw cycle go up and then right at the end it spikes up again it's like there's a weird there's a weird hump in there. And then if you, you know, I have mine set to 75, 75% let off. So it goes crazy weird hump and then fat dump into the valley. And there's no valley, but there is something that you're sitting, you're sitting in something, some kind of a valley for the, the back wall, you know, for the, then you can engage the back wall. Um, I've crept off of this bow once because of that weird, that weird hump. You know, just in practice, I've crept off. But that's that's really more of a me issue. Uh, you know, I think if you're shooting spiral cams, there's no reason why it wouldn't be more aggressive than this. But it, the HPT is an aggressive cam. All right, so if you get, if you got, if there's anyone out there that doesn't like, if the draw cycle is important to you, the the HPT cam is it's rough, but it is moldable. So you you know, I'm running the 75% let off. I just let you know, I let an extra turn out of my limbs to kind of slow it down. Hoyt puts these little rubber things on the ends of their draw stops, and you can feel them when they when they contact the cable. And I think you know they do that because they don't want metal pressing into your serving, which I appreciate. But the little rubber things you can feel it, it makes the back wall a little spongy. Um, so there is that. I, I have an idea to pop those off and put little felt pads there. Um, I'll probably use something, some kind of gasket from the speaker shop I work at. But, uh, yeah. So, I know I just said a bunch of mean things about the Stratos. People are probably like, well, what's the fun part about it? It aims really well. Uh, where that grip is centered is exactly like you'd picture it. The boat it has a really neat... It, like, the way... 
it reacts to torque is very interesting, right? Um, I feel like it is a very torqueless bow. Seems like everything's kind of centered around the grip. So, yeah, it that is what I really like, is that it, it seems like an extremely straight shooting bow because of it. Um, now, oh, and the limb geometry. The limb geometry points forward like the old podium. I fucking love that. That, uh, that's a bow that basically it recoils forward and uh, I think that's an awesome feature it, it just it feels good in the hands uh, it gets the you know when the air it gets the when the arrow comes off the string in my mind I feel like it gets the bow off of your hand so you're not doing little in, you know little tweaks little influences on, on the uh, arrow on the way out uh, is that true is that in reality I don't know that's kind of like a bro science thing that I picked up <laughs> that I think. But uh yeah, that's that's my initial, you know, take in on the, the Stratos. I like it. And I'm gonna commit to shooting this thing for a while. I, I have a reputation as kind of a, a bow whore. Um you know, and I think I'm gonna try to make this one the bow for a while. At least until Hoyt releases the next one. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully our economy won't have fully collapsed. And I'll, I'll be able to afford the gasoline to go up and buy it from West Coast. But, uh, yeah, that's how it's going. That is how it's going down right now. Uh, for my California peeps, bug shoots coming up. For everyone else that's listening, I guess this, if you're not in California, this episode was kind of a bummer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh yeah let, let me see let's get in let's get down with some uh some indoor shit okay i got one for you blake jerome on his setup protocol said something that i believe in that i know other pros have spoken out against which is shooting the bear shafts into a bale and seeing which direction they turn and then fletching in that direction i believe that is important. And Blake said uh, something, you know, he was like, I want those veins working for me, not trying to correct something, you know, like the natural flight path of the arrow. I was shooting a, a 300 round the other day and breaking, I'll, I'll be honest, I was breaking like mediocre, mediocre tens and X's. All right. Which means, you know, my, my whole ass wasn't in it. I was just kind of, you know, seeing what I could get away with. I'm going to break a shot, see if it goes in the middle, I'll break a shot, see if it catches it, you know, catches an X here or there. I broke one shot that I felt like should have been a left X and it was was out. But, so what, what are the characteristics of this shot? Uh, I held a little long, I wrenched a little hard on my release, and I, I felt like I was leaning into the release. I don't know if that makes sense, but on a hinge, you know, Sometimes you take your thumb off, and if you lean into it, you can kind of feel your, I would say like your release arm, your your trap, or your, uh, what's that wing muscle, the, your rhomboid or whatever kind of seizes up. And then you're just kind of hanging into that shot, and, and you're pushing, you're basically going to engage with your bow arm, and that's going to get your hand, going to get the release to rotate. You know, maybe you let your hand just rotate, whatever. Um so that hanging into that, the the pressure on my fingers was a little more than usual. 
and that shot went way out and i was like well that doesn't make sense like that should have at least caught you know it, it didn't land behind the pin right it is the one arrow that i have left that is fletched in the other direction and it took me like four ends well why did it take four ends to see that well it took a unique set of fuck-ups on my behalf to send that arrow out if you, you sh- if you're executing good shots it's going to go right in the middle if you're executing good it's going to go behind the pin but you, you know even when you start executing half-assedly like i was doing the ones that were all fletched to the left well it, mainly the ones that were fletched i would say because they were all the same you know i was i could predict where they were going to land they would land behind the pin right um, even if I kind of broke a half-ass shot. The one that was fletched the other direction was the only one that when I broke a half-ass shot or, you know, broke a shot that was not to my liking that would land in an unpredictable spot. I know someone might listen to this and be like, ah, oh, well, no, it's all placebo, it's full, you're full of shit, but no, I mean, I've always believed this, that you fletch in the direction, especially for indoor, fletch in the direction that the arrow's going to spin. And... You know, if you're not, if you're not a Bodhi, if you're not a, a Gaius, if you're just a regular dude who's going to, every fr- now and then, is going to break a half-ass shot, I would urge that you do this, okay? Shoot a bear shaft, see the direction it rotates, fletch in that direction with some fat helical. <laughs> That's what I'm running. I'm running some fat helical. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I hope... Uh, I hope that's something for you guys, and it's not all just California talk. Um, I had some listener questions. One was, hey, Wendell, can you go over spine selection? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of getting into the, the indoor thing right now, you know? But, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll just do it when uh, when field comes around i'll get into spine selection okay so if you're still shooting field right now i'm sorry but you know i want to i want to give you information that i can verify by my like firsthand i can verify so you know you want to get into spine for indoor i do not believe okay so this is where me and blake's opinions like somewhat differ i do not believe that there is any spining of an indoor arrow or getting correct spine for an indoor arrow um why is that well, even the, you know, the biggest apes in our sport that will shoot like a 300 spine arrow for field, you're now forced to shoot a 150 spine for indoor, depending on if you're shooting triple X's like me. I mean, the only arrow that you can really pick a spine on that's a 27 diameter is like a PS26 or a PS27, I'm not sure. Black Eagle, basically. I think um, their magnums are like 350 spine. Guys, spine is not at play with an indoor arrow. And now I should say this is my opinion because this goes against what Blake says and Blake made it very clear. He's like, I'm just telling you my opinion. All right. It's not, not the gospel. And, uh, I should, I should say this the same. Um, I don't believe spine comes into play here. I think it, you know, it's 20 yards. I think what you do is, you set up an arrow that shoots a flat dart. You're basically shooting a dart that's going to spin. Um, the arrow is so straight. I would I would guess like okay spine right. 
when uh, you shoot a bow, a field arrow, under a high-speed camera, you see the arrow do like the weird uh, kind of like a snake move. It, it kind of turns into a, like an S for a second. The arrow super bendy, comes out, spins, uh, straightens out, and then, you know, glides and spins to the target. What we're doing for indoor is different. You, There is no, you know, there is no beautiful S curve on that arrow. It's, it's either kicking ass out and it's correcting itself, or if you've tuned your bow properly and you shoot properly, it's kicking out perfectly. It's like a dart. And uh, I don't even know how many rotations you get in in 20 yards like how many times the arrow totally spins probably i'd guess like three or two but i think the the more spins you know would be better just to stabilize just to just to cut the crap out from you know whatever your, your hands or your jitters or or whatnot so if the arrow's not doing the bendy doodad to correct itself you know then spine isn't at play and you know, I shoot a 150. I'm shooting a triple X, and my draw length is 26 and a half. Now, the easy argument against that is, well, okay, you're just an outlier. You know, you're not you're not everyone else. But I mean, everyone is going to be overspined for indoor. Everybody, all the women are, all the kids are, most of the dudes are, and so, you know, it, what's interesting is. <laughs> I did a bunch of testing uh, last year, the year before, point weights, and I think you guys can listen to that those older episodes. Um, I did one with bear shafts. I shot bear shafts downrange. I measured the groups, and then I changed the point weights and measured the groups. And without veins, the group sizes did not change whatsoever. They were all identical. So what does that tell me? What that told me was the point weight had very little effect at, you know, at, I should say at 150 grains plus. It had very little effect. Um, 150 is kind of a lot, you know, for a field arrow. But for an indoor arrow, it's kind of like your starting point. And uh, I have a brother who's a mechanical engineer. And I asked him, I said, hey, Mike, like the... You know, what's the point? Why would I run a ton of weight up front? And he goes, I don't know. And I said, okay, well, does it will it resist horizontal or was it will it resist lateral planing? I think was the term that Tim Gillingham used. And he said, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And I said, well, is there a point at which it would be overkill? And he goes, probably. <laughs> Spoken like a true engineer, right? Um, you know, what I found was at least, oh, I hate to say this, for me, the 150 grain point shot just fine. And I urge you all to, if you're having trouble, like I've, I've heard a couple of people say, like uh, a handful of people said like, yo, Wendell, the 150, mwah, that is the cat's lasagna, right? Uh, a couple of people have told me like, hey, dude, the 150 is not working for me, you know? Um, well, you got to examine the whole setup all right uh i i i do think 150 will work for everybody but i'm not against you you know shoot whatever you think works for you if that's a 200 grain point fucking run a 200 grain point um 
but I thought an interesting experiment was shooting these bear shafts and then changing the point weights because then you rule everything out of it and and you're looking at how much does the point weight help you like how much lateral planing are you eliminating with your point weight and what I found was none if you start at 150 it was none so I threw some big veins on put them in the right direction bam killer arrow um, I also cut my arrow about a half inch from the edge of the blade. Um, I think Blake was talking about cutting it full inch to the blade, and I'm or I'm sorry, cutting it right up to the blade, and I am not against that either. Um, I do a half inch just because sometimes I like to play with my arrow rest forward and back, you know, do a little torque tune. So that's when I'm, you know, that's what I'm kind of seeing. Um, but yeah, the, the arrow thing. I know someone someone out there messaged me that they had trouble with the 150s. And so, you know, if you're one of the people that listen to this show and you, you were like, Wendell, I bought into your 150 bullshit. It doesn't work. Okay, well, let's go through it. First, are you getting vein contact anywhere? All right. I hate to bust out the foot powder or the developer spray, but... If you, you know, you spray your blade and look at where the contact is. Um, you know, there are other guys that say, oh, no, you can shoot with blade contact all day. It's not an issue. You're going to introduce, it, it's like the reverse fletch thing. I, I do believe you can shoot with blade contact, yes. But when you make a bad shot, if you make a 50% shot, it it's not going to land behind your pin. Um, it, hey, maybe it does. I doubt it does it with every single crap shot. And what you're trying to do is eliminate those, those un, as Jerome, or was it, who was it? Who said that? What you're trying to do is eliminate unknown knowns or unknown unknowns. <laughs> you guys remember that speech when we went into, uh, <laughs> when we went to go get Saddam's weapons? <laughs> there's things we know. There's things we know we don't know. There's these things we don't know we don't know. But there's also things we don't know we know. So he's got weapons of mass destruction. we got to go in. Anyway, um, you're trying to limit, you know, the wacky flyers. You know, the sh- you basically, you want it to hit behind your pin all the time. Especially if you if you got your hold down and you're executing good. So the whole thing with, with vein contact, you want it minimized. So if the 150s aren't working for you, I would examine your blade. If you, are you shooting a, a ham ski? Are you getting are you getting blade clearance? Is that thing dropping on time? Can you verify it? I know there's one test that's pretty cool where you actually put foot spray on your arrow. I think on like the front and back of your arrow, and then you can see you know exactly where the ham ski's dropping away, and then you can see you know are your veins if you I mean you can't have white veins it's not going to show you anything but if you have colored veins. You can see, are the veins clipping anything? Are they clipping a, a cable or whatnot? So, you know, when it comes to uh, indoor arrows, I mean, you can get away with some helical and a fat blade, <clears throat> but you're going you're gonna to have to orient your, your veins a certain way. You know, when you knock your arrow, one vein's going to have to point at like 1 o'clock. Minimize vein contact, but you want to make it all the same. Um, again, if you find the 150 doesn't work, I know, I think it's Kyle Douglas shoots a 220, possibly 200. I've heard him talk about 150 as well. 
you know, there's another dude. I think Blake runs 250. But Blake even said, you know, he shot all that. He shot the heavy shit and he shot the lighter shit. I think he was talking about a carbon arrow versus the aluminum arrow. And then he was saying, like, the lighter arrows get off the bow faster. And I am all for that. I, I've talked about that on this show. I think Dave Cousins called it lock time. Uh, and the the sh- the the shorter lighter arrow is going to get off the bow faster you're going to have less influence on it um and that is what i'm going for for indoor i want i want that bow out before i you know before my shakies uh mess it up you know i i've had really good success with 200 grain points in the past um but man as of right now for me uh, throughout the Kardashian, for me, the 150's king. And uh, I would urge everyone to try it. If you don't like it, just, just consider it a starting point. Load up some weight and see what you get. But uh, I've done that I've done that testing with point weight. And, man, the, the biggest change, I, I, and I see this for outdoors as well, um, you get a bigger change from different veins than most things and vein orientation like veins really do play a huge part in in how that arrow behaves um you know this year i am going to try to get bear shafting in the you know i would like to bear shaft at 20 nothing crazy um if i can figure it out <coughs> you guys will know and then you guys will know how to do it but as of right now i i torque this i torque all my bows so hard because of my <coughs> You know, my broad shoulders and my CrossFit physique, uh, it's hard for me to have, like, perfect form. Uh, so, hence the bear shaft issues. Um, but, yeah, that's what we got. Uh, I'll try to get Austin on either tonight or tomorrow. We're going to do a full rundown of the Stratos. We're going to talk some... Austin loves just bullshitting on this show, so we will bullshit to the nth degree. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And thanks for supporting the show. Uh, you guys know I appreciate you guys. I got stickers if you want them. You guys just hit me up. You send me a buck and I'll mail them to you. All right. Um, thanks again, everyone. We'll catch you on the next one.